In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Please be seated. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these the homeless tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Perhaps those words are familiar to you. I remember learning those and memorizing those when I was in grade school, I think around fourth grade, learning about the Statue of Liberty, the podium of which has the full text of that poem engraved on a bronze plaque. What I do not recall learning then, or really until this week, is what prompted Emma Lazarus to write that poem. She was originally asked to write a poem as part of a fundraiser for the construction of the podium upon which the Statue of Liberty now stands. After initially refusing, a chairwoman asked her to imagine Lady Liberty holding out her torch to the refugees which Emma Lazarus frequently visited. See, Emma Lazarus was a young Jewish woman in New York City who regularly visited Jewish immigrants who were fleeing financial and property persecution in Russia and in other areas in the early 1880s. She had already been using her gifts to write poems and essays to support the refugees and personally assisted them in any way that she could, including having given uh, free English lessons to many. So when she received a request to write a poem for the statue with this in mind, It took her two days to write a new Colossus. Her poem embodies her hope that the Statue of Liberty would embody worldwide welcome to America as a place of refuge. I wonder if, considering her Jewish faith, she had the text of our Deuteronomy passage in mind, a God who affects justice for orphans and widows and who loves the strangers and provides for them and calls his people to do the same. There have been glorious times in which our nation has lived into that vision, and other times in which we have struggled to do so well. But the passages today are not primarily a call for our nation, but were rather a call to us, to God's people, to you, to me. A call to exercise a very great love, a love that is not only for friends or neighbors, but a love that extends to our enemies and to the wretched refuse of the world. As we look at our reading from Deuteronomy, we note that it begins with a reminder of who God is and what his character is. It reminds us that there is no little g God or little l Lord that is greater than him. He cannot be swayed by voters or by lobbyists. He cannot be bought. His character is is concerned for and provides for those who are most helpless in the world, orphans, widows, and strangers living in a foreign land. Matthew's gospel reading echoes many of the same things. 
reminding us that it is God who provides sunshine and rain upon all the inhabitants of the earth, whether they are good or bad people, whether they love him or not. God provides the basic ingredients of life for everyone. Later in the New Testament, the Apostle John will say, God is love. While other religions may talk about God loving, only Christian doctrine states that God is the epitome and is love itself. Of course, this leads us to a bit of a dilemma because our English word for love is many and varied in its meanings. C.S. Lewis addressed that in his work, The Four Loves, which is a classic if you haven't read it. In that book, he expounds the various meanings of our word love and points them to more ancient words and usage. He says that the four loves are affection, a friendship or familial love, eros, and lastly, but certainly not least, charity. Charity is an apt description for the ancient Greek word agape, the kind of love that John is talking about when he says God is love. It is the type and quality of love that seeks the welfare and benefit of others being completely disinterested in self. It is entirely one-sided from God to us. It is centered on actions and behaviors, not emotion or feelings. And thus, it alone is the type of love that can be shown to criminals, enemies, and yes, the wretched refuse of the world. This is the kind of love that we all have in mind when we say that God is love. It is charity and grace by which God provides sun, rain, food, clothing, and justice to even the down and out of the world. Of course, the most clear example of this kind of love is seen for us in the very person of Jesus Christ, in his life, his death, and his resurrection. Paul reminds us in Romans 5.8 that God commends his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, while we were enemies of God, Christ died for you and for me. John will say again that Christ is the propitiation, which means the payment or satisfaction for our sins, but not only for yours and mine's, but for the sins of the whole world. He died for all, not only for the good, not only for those who love him. Quite honestly, you nor I deserve this kind of love that we have been given from God, and yet he gives it freely, willingly. But the real challenge for us is that both this passage in Deuteronomy and the one from Matthew's Gospel call you and I to exercise and show that same kind of charitable love. God reminds Israel in Deuteronomy that they were once strangers in Egypt. It's part of our Christian heritage. But here in America, most of us, our own ancestors, were at least at one point strangers in a strange land here. As such, we need to hear God's plea. And we are thus challenged to care for orphans, widows, and the strangers among us. Matthew's gospel presses the issue even further, calling us to have this kind of charitable love even towards the people who are our enemies, towards those who seek to oppress or persecute us. 
Caring for those that care for you is easy. Everyone can and does do that. But being charitable, keeping coals of kindness upon the heads of people that do not like us and that are not like us, well, that requires God's help. This is even what we say in our baptismal covenant. We say that we can and will accomplish the work of justice and peace for all people with God's help. In her poem, Emma Lazarus hoped that the torch of the Statue of Liberty would be a beacon inviting people to a country of refuge. And in the daytime, Lady Liberty's torch literally reflects the light of the sun. In his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tells us that we should let our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Our work, our act of charity, our acts of love towards not only friend but also foe are to be a beacon of light to lead people into his heavenly country. You and I are to be torches that reflect the light and the love of the sun, the Son of God. So with God's help, this is the work that we should be doing, being charitable, kind, and helping people in any way that we can, whether that's refugees from Afghanistan, Ukraine, or anywhere else, whether that's the person who has just defrauded you or cheated you, and yes, even the multitude of drivers around the city who like to frustrate you daily. We are called to be charitable. May God give us the ability to do so. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.